There's already some names that are surfacing to have interest in the Raiders' head coaching job. We'll tell you about that, plus a whole lot more on Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 29th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you, and we appreciate my man Ari. Without Ari, we're not on YouTube each and every day. Without you, it doesn't matter if we are or not, right? Because there would be no one to listen and check out the show. So we definitely appreciate you and my man Ari. You can check out Ari on Twitter at Ari Producers. You can hit me up as well at your boy Q254. And we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. Your calls and texts will come up in segment number three of today's Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Segment number two, we'll talk about what the Raiders need to get accomplished, what I believe they need to get accomplished during the bye week as they get ready to get prepared for week 14 action and hosting the Minnesota Vikings. That'll come up in segment number two here in segment number one, news and notes of the day. Before we get to that, though, I do want to let you know today's title sponsor is Prize Picks. The episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And there is a name, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more names that are emerging when it comes to the open Raiders head coaching position. And look, I throw this out there not to start rumors. I throw this out there not to say that this is the guy that I'm pounding the table for to get the head coaching job of the silver and black. But as these names roll out, I definitely want to go ahead and pass those along just in case, well, just in case that ends up being something. Again, it could end up being a whole lot of nothing or it could end up being a whole lot of something. And my guy Vinny Bonsignor, he tweeted out on Tuesday that he's hearing a name to keep an eye on when it comes to the Raiders head coaching position. And that's former Stanford head coach, former Raiders assistant coach, David Shaw. And of course, he's got Plenty of family ties to the Raiders, uh, been on the staff. Willie Shaw, his dad, was the defensive coordinator when the Raiders' defense was really good. So, of course, you know that David Shaw has the ties with the silver and black. And I know this for a fact. I know that he's preparing for this coaching cycle. And why do I know that? Well, one, he was doing interviews for the last coaching cycle. As a matter of fact, you might remember the Denver Broncos brought him in for a visit, and I kept saying, please don't let him go to Denver. Please don't let him go to Denver because I like David Shaw a lot. He's a guy that I run into quite a bit when it comes to the draft, get a chance to catch up with him. Still mad at myself that I didn't get to talk to him when he was at the Raiders facility during training camp there with the NFL Network. I'm still beating myself up over that, that I missed out on that quick interview opportunity. But he's a really good coach. I'm not saying that he's going to be the next coach for the Silver and Black. But when Vinny Bonsignor puts something out like he's hearing, this is a name to keep an eye on. He's not doing it for no reason. He's doing it because it's coming from a place of something. Someone's telling him to be on the lookout for that. And of course, he does his due diligence. But the other thing I know for a fact that David Shaw is preparing for this uh, head coach hiring position because he's told people, he's told multiple people that he's preparing for this cycle. And why would it be this cycle that he's looking for? Because if you think about it, there's going to be a lot of openings. So I know that he's preparing for this cycle of coaches' uh, positions to open up. That doesn't mean that he's going to be with the Raiders. I just want to go ahead and let that be clear. I'm not saying that his interest is 100% squarely on the silver and black, but I'm sure he's eyeing all the different opportunities that are going to be open, and there potentially could be a lot of them. 
that could interest him and that he would qualify for. Obviously, the Raiders, with the ties that he has to it, is the one that's most intriguing. But there's at least, I would say, seven to eight openings, right? And there could be maybe 10, 11, 12 openings if if all these different coaches were to be removed. But let's let's look at it. I mean, let's count them together. The Raiders, we know it's open. As of Monday, the Panthers is open. The Commanders, Ron Rivera, we all believe he's going to get let go. Chargers, Brandon Staley, we all believe he's going to get low. That's four. In New England with the Patriots, Bill Belichick, all the conversation is he's going to be gone. So that's just five. That's five right there if everything goes the way we expect it to go. Now, I'm not saying it's going to, but for the most part, that's what it sounds like. Now, the Bears, Matt Eberflus, I believe he's going to be gone. There's a chance that Todd, uh, Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay could be gone. Hell, in Atlanta, right? Uh, they could let their coach go in Atlanta, even though Arthur Smith has actually given uh, uh, you know, uh, like the, the approval Right. And saying, yeah, yeah, our coach isn't going anywhere. That's usually the kiss of death. Uh, the Giants with Brian Dayball. I know he just took it to the playoffs, but apparently there's uh, some trouble in paradise between him and Wink Martindale. He could be on the outside looking in. Uh, the Saints is a possibility. The Bills would be my surprise. And there's always a surprise each and every year. It's at least one. So that's I mean, that's like, oh, and then the Rams. And this wouldn't be a firing of Sean McVay. I could just see Sean McVay walking away. Right, taking a break. You know, it was rumored before this past year he was going to do that. He didn't, but there's a possibility maybe he could. So, I mean, that's already 12. The Raiders, Panthers, Commanders, Chargers, Patriots, Saints, Bills, Bears, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, 11, uh, Rams, 11, and Giants, 12. Again, not saying all those are going to be open, but you can see what I'm saying when it comes to David Shaw. He's going to have uh, options and opportunities to talk to uh, many different uh, organizations about their open head coaching position because there is a possibility of a lot of them. Not to mention when it comes to the silver and black, and I know a lot of us are paying attention to see what happens with interim head coach Antonio Pearson. I've said it many times. I don't think I'd have any problem with AP getting that job. Now, I don't want to put the cart before the horse. There's still five games left. Obviously, they're coming off the bye week, and they're going to prepare for the Minnesota Vikings next week. I want to see you know them have some more success. I want to see them beat some teams that are some better teams. I don't want them just to beat up on the New York teams and then call it a day. I want to see them continue to build and grow and see how this team grows with them. I would have no problem with that. But Tashawn Reed from The Athletic put out a really good piece, and I encourage you to go check it out. It's called, Will Antonio Pierce Become the Raiders' Full-Time Head Coach? The Odds Are Against It. Well, what do you mean by that? He did a really good piece. Like I said, I definitely go encourage you to check it out. But one of the stats that is in that piece that he put out, uh, he said, according to Pro Football Rumors, Pierce is the 43rd man to replace the head coach on an interim basis. And this was before Frank Wright was fired. So obviously there's 44 now because there's an interim head coach in Carolina. Uh, anyway, uh, he was. let's see. So it says, according to Pro Football Rumors, Pierce is the 43rd man to replace the head coach on an interim basis who was fired or resigned since 2000. Of the previous 42, only 10 were ultimately promoted to head coach the next season. That's a promotion rate of just 23.8%. So you can see right there, it's not likely that the interim is promoted to the full-time head coaching position, which is bizarre, right? You would think that there's some momentum, but it's just it's something that doesn't happen. And I remember back when Rich Basaccia was the interim head coach, I said many times on this show and on my radio show, I just don't see it. 
I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Raiders are going to go in another direction. Ultimately, they did. Well, John McClain from the uh, from Sports Radio 610 in Houston, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, joins my radio show every single Tuesday at 3 o'clock. And that was one of the questions I asked him was, why is it so hard for interim head coaches to keep the job? And then he ends up speaking on what he would do if he was a team owner. So you hear my question to John, his answer, and then he expands on it and goes further in depth about what he would do if he was looking for a head coach and a GM in the particular position that the Raiders are in. Check it out. Here it is. You know, you mentioned Antonio Pierce. I wanted to ask you, you've been around the game for a long time. Why is it so difficult for interim head coaches to get that full-time promotion? Uh, Because they take over bad situations, and they don't go to the playoffs generally, although you guys had Rizvi Satya who went to the playoffs. And I think I saw what Mark Davis said he wished he had kept him. Is that the case? I saw that he was thinking about it, like it affected him. I don't know if he really wanted to keep him, keep him. Well, he went for the big splash. Yep. And sometimes you just got to go for the best guy. Now, if you look at David Tepper and Mark Davis, if you need in Davis's situation a general manager and you don't have a general manager to oversee the search for a head coach, how does, number one, Mark Davis get a good general manager? He thought he had one Ziegler, and he didn't. Fired him, too. So how's he going to be guided? He can't do it by himself. If I were an owner, I would put together a group of prospective football people, and if I had to pay them, I'd pay them. It's a panel. And I'd want to know, not them together. Don't want to know what they're – I wouldn't want them to know what they're saying, but I'd want to talk to each, say, Bill Pullian, Bill Parcells, people that have been successful head coaches. Maybe John Gruden. I'd want to know what they think about the people today. I especially want to know former coaches, GMs, and players who are in the media who spend a lot of time watching tape. I would want to know what they thought. So if I had a group of five to ten and certain names kept showing up on all of them, I would want to interview them. I also would have a search firm. I'd be careful about which search firm, not to hire who they recommended, but just to see whom they recommend. Because he's got to get a GM. You can't have a coach determining the GM, which has happened the last two times he's hired. You have to start with a general manager. So really good stuff from John McClain. Uh, I always appreciate having him on my show uh, each and every Tuesday. Been rocking with John McClain for a lot of time, for a long time, and he's just a wealth of knowledge. He really is. And so, like I said, appreciate uh, getting a few minutes to catch up with him. But you hear his explanation, hear what he said he would do. And I agree 100%, especially when it comes to the hiring. If you're not going to keep Champ Kelly and you're not going to keep Antonio Pierce, please, for the love of God, hire the GM first and let the GM hire his coach. Simple as that. Don't hire the coach first and then hire the GM. That's not the, the order it should go. That's not the order of operations. You don't hire the employee and then hire the boss. You just don't do that. Let the GM hire his guy. I hope that that's how it goes, if it's not Champ Kelly and Antonio Pierce. But I'm hoping Antonio Pierce could be part of the, what is it, 28%? Oh, 23.8%. I'm hoping he can raise that number a little bit higher from 23.8% to maybe 24%, uh, and he ends up being that guy. But, of course, Mark Davis has got to see a lot more. Uh, I think Raider Nation needs to see a lot more. I want to see a lot more. By the end of the season, I think all of us will have a great idea. Is he or is he not the guy moving forward? Well, What do the Raiders need to do the most this bye week as they're not only resting and relaxing, trying to get their bodies straight for the last five games? 
There's a lot of important things that they could be accomplishing as a team, as an organization, and as a coaching staff. We'll talk about that coming up in segment number two after I tell you about a couple of great sponsors here of the Locked On Raiders podcast, including DoorDash. And a lot of times I get caught up at work uh, and I do a lot of moving and shaking around town, right? I'll go from the radio station to the Raiders facility, to the house, back to the radio station, uh, on location at the Oyo, maybe Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm all over the place, right? So a lot of times I don't have time, even though I may be in a restaurant around doing my show I don't have time to eat so at some point I got to grab something to eat so when I'm on the run when I don't know what to do I ask the wife hey can you hit that DoorDash app and uh, have something delivered while uh, you know while the show's going on when I'm at the house and you know I can eat maybe in a commercial break or whatever the case may be sometimes it'd be like that Right. Sometimes late night after I get off my ESPN show, sometimes I need to eat and I didn't have a chance to catch up with dinner. So I got to get that DoorDash. The wife will do that, too. She'll DoorDash something for me, whether it's a pizza, whether it's a burger, whether it's like Chick-fil-A. Sometimes she'll just DoorDash some uh, groceries, you know, where it's already something made from Smith's, which is the local store. All you got to do is DoorDash. You don't have to ask the wife to do it. You can do it. It's really simple. Just download the DoorDash app, put it on your phone. You get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Again, you got to download the DoorDash app. Use the promo code LOCK23, all one word, LOCK23, like Michael Jordan's number. Subject to change, terms apply. And again, Anything that is in your local area, they support. And that is what I think is really awesome about DoorDash. So one more time for the folks in the back row, download the app right now. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCK23 for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more subject to change terms apply. I also want to tell you about Prize Picks. They're the title sponsor of today's show, and they are the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Not only are they the largest, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports is Prize Picks. Uh, it's just you against the numbers. You're not going up against players, pros, sharks, none of that. You pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Uh, one of my favorite plays that I know a lot of people are really enjoying as of lately is what they're doing when it comes to basketball and football. They got the specials league, so you could pick players. Players from football, you can pick players from the NBA, you can combine them, and then you can really have a lot of fun with prize picks. And something that I think is really cool, it's like what you have to have for your car, insurance. Well, you have insurance on your prize picks. They offer a reboot policy, so your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with the injury insurance policy. Right now, all you need to do is go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to jump into what I believe is most important for the Raiders during this bye week. And I think, obviously, the most important thing that's, that they need to do is get healthy, right? Especially Max Crosby, who uh, we all know had the knee injury. He's been suffering the knee injury since about week seven, but it really ballooned up on him uh, with week 12 where he didn't practice at all, and he ended up going to the hospital. Uh, he had bacteria in his knee. I mean, it was really a bad, bad situation for Max Crosby, but he did everything he could to get out there on the field on Sunday, which I respect in a major way. So rest that guy, right? Rest, don't do anything. I know he wants to be in the gym. He wants to work out. He's got his 
his routine. But, man, he's got to rest. He's got to get healthy. The Raiders need him for the, the home stretch, the last five games, and I know he wants to be out there for the last five games. And other guys as well. It's not just Max Crosby. A lot of guys are bumped and bruised and banged up. And, you know, Devontae Adams told me in the locker room following the game, hey, we played a lot of games. 12 games in a row is a lot. We all need a little bit of a break. The only guy that was like, man, I'm fresh. I'm ready to go was Josh Jacobs. He's ready to keep on going. That's just kind of how he's built. Besides the obvious, which is rest and relaxation, what else do they need to do? And I think most importantly for this staff, this is the first time for the coaching staff, and I'm talking about Antonio Pierce. I'm talking about Bo Hardegree. Obviously, Patrick Graham has been in place as a defensive coordinator, but in particular, Hardegree and Antonio Pierce, this is the first time since November 1st that they've had a chance to break and they've had a chance to breathe, and they don't have to worry about preparing for an upcoming opponent, right? Think about that. When Antonio Pierce took over as the interim head coach and Bo Hardegree took over as the interim offensive coordinator and the play caller, it was, it was late in the week, right? I mean, they played the Lions on, uh, on, on that Monday, and then what? Uh, McDaniels and Ziegler got fired on Tuesday, which was Halloween, and then on November 1st, which was a Wednesday, that's when Champ Kelly, that's when uh, Antonio Pierce and Bo Hardegree were all announced on interim basis at the GM, the head coach, and the offensive coordinator. So they really got back to work on Thursday. So they had to the cram for the Giants game on Sunday. So they had Thursday, Friday, Saturday to prepare for Sunday, and they've been going ever since. Right, They had the, the couple games at home. They had a, a game on the road in South Beach and then another game at home against Kansas City. And that, that's been go, 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 go. There's been no slowdown. So now it slows down this week. So what they need to do, instead of just taking the week to, to rest and relax, which I know they're not, they need to be in the lab. I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about the coaches. They need to be in the, pla- in the lab. They need to go over the film, see what worked, see what didn't work through the first four weeks, see what Bo Hardegree is comfortable with calling, and what works with Aiden O'Connell, how he gets the most out of his receivers, what Josh Jacobs is doing well. You might pick up the phone and call JJ, call Devontae, call Jacoby, call Hunter. Hey, guys, this is what we're talking about. We're scatter shooting right here. We're spitballing. What do, you know, what do you guys think moving forward? They need to show that this week off they can use for preparation for the final five weeks, right? Look at the playbook. Look what Bo's comfortable with and, and use that. What he's not comfortable with, get it out of there. Look, we're not going to use this. I'm not going to call this. These guys aren't comfortable running it. Get it out of there. Don't even have it on the play sheet, right? Which I know that a lot of it they've already eliminated. I know this. So they need to continue to fine-tune it and, and do what it takes to be able to have the, the energy that they came out with, the effort that they showed in the first few drives of the game on Sunday against Kansas City when they got that 14 nothing lead and they had a couple nice drives, even that 14-play drive that resulted in no points, but it looked like there was a really good offense. Those couple drives, especially that first one, was probably the best drive they had all season long. All season. Going back to when McDaniels was the, the head coach and the play caller. They've got to figure out how to do that more consistently throughout the course of the game. It can't just be two, three drives, and then that's a done deal. Then maybe a field goal comes along later on in the game. There's no reason that early in the game you score 14 points and then the rest of the way you only get three. There's no reason for that, right? And I know that the defense has something to say about that. I get that. But you've got to be able to counter. All right, when these guys make this move, when they zig, we zag. When they uh, bob, we weave. Right. I mean, that's what it's got to be. So I think that the biggest priority is for Hardegree and Pierce to get with even O'Connell. Call O'Connell in. Hey, man, what are you comfortable throwing? How can we put you in the best position to succeed? Right. That doesn't have to do with being out on the grass and, and practicing. That just has to do with communication. And since this is their first time where they're not preparing for a game, this is their best opportunity to do it. All right. This is what we're going to do. Hey, this is 
what we're going to go over in fourth and one situations and maybe even help Antonio Pierce, maybe go through some, you know, simulated decisions and, and, and making in-game decisions because that is also something that is a growing pain. And I don't expect Antonio Pierce to be perfect. He said he wasn't going to be perfect day one. Uh, he said there's going to be mistakes, but I'll own him. He has. He's made some, in, you know, some decisions that we've all questioned. And it's easy to question when it doesn't work, right? And it's, it's easy to praise him when it does work. But they, they, they probably need to go over some situations. All right, situational football. All right, should we challenge it here? It's, it could be fourth and one, or we could challenge the spot. Or we could trust our team to just go pick up the fourth and one because, well, the offensive line is moving KC back right now. So why waste a challenge that we're probably going to lose, right? Stuff like that. Oh, okay, you can't challenge that because it was a turnover, so it's automatically reviewed, right? Stuff like that. So he could just get used to being in a rhythm of this, that, and the other, this happens. Like, I think that that would be so critical and so important for this coaching staff to really, truly take advantage of this, this, uh, this bye week that they have. So for me, and, and maybe it's something different for you, and I'd love to hear from you on it, 707-654-4693. That's the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. For me, the most important thing that they can do this week outside of – just rest and relaxing and, and healing up their bodies is the coaching staff and Aiden O'Connell all get together, hard agree, Pierce, O'Connell, get together and figure out what works, what doesn't work for everyone involved. Hard agree calling the plays, uh, Aiden O'Connell executing the plays, spitting it out in the, in the uh, huddle to the players, and then them going and, like I said, executing and having Antonio Pierce go through some in-game situations where he can get a little bit of practice, a little bit of rhythm on what he is going to be doing starting in week 14 against the Minnesota Vikings for the final five weeks to see what he can do. Because, look, he wants the job. He said it in his presser on Monday. You know, hey, if, if I don't get this right, uh, then I'll have more than just this week to, to rest and relax. I'll have plenty of time. Right, He knows he needs to get right. He knows that it's an interim basis, and he knows the numbers. I'm sure he knows the numbers that you know. there's been 42, 43, now 44 interim coaches since 2000, and only 10 have been hired as the full-time guys. That's a very, very small number. I'm sure he's very well aware of that. He's a smart dude, so he knows that they've got to get right. So, again, 707-654-4693. Your calls and texts are coming up in segment number three of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast, and we'll get right to it after I tell you about LinkedIn jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals. and That's billion with a B, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is uh, quick, fast, and in a hurry. It's easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and even quicker. Post your job for free right now at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Kid Rodzilla, he starts us off. He's calling with frustrations about some of the players that are on the team or were on the team that aren't giving their all like others like Crosby, Jacobs, and Adams would. Here's Kid Rodzilla giving us a call. Hey, Q. This is the Kid Rodzilla. I just got done listening to your podcast, man. Hey, man. 
I got two questions, man. So it's kind of frustrating just from a game, man. It's just kind of uh, it's just how is it that we have dogs on our team like Crosby, Devonta Adams, Jacobs, you know, that just put in the work and effort. You see it on the field like they'll literally will go through a wall and everything. And how is it that we still have players on this team that can that can care less, man? Like Peters, bro. Like. I'm not going to lie, when we signed him, I was hyped because I I was, okay, we're going to get that Oakland Raider type of thug, you know, like that that that, that attitude, you know, like in your face, you know. And you would think <laughs> being from Oakland and his dad being a diehard Raider fan, man, and just, you know, and when he came out saying that his dad never wore his jersey because he's a Raider fan. Wouldn't you think playing for your favorite team, your dad's favorite team, and you having the opportunity to play for your dad's team, you get to wear your jersey, man. Like, wouldn't you have, like, a pride? Like, you know what? I'm going to go ball to the walls for this, man. Like, I would. I know everyone else, I know, like, listening to this podcast, I know everyone that had that opportunity. That's, like, a dream situation, man. Like, I would do anything, you know, to, do, to lay it on the on life for my brothers and everything. But, you know, but not to get carried away with it. And, two. When I see this offense, there's a couple of times where the game is like with the offense is going, it's you know fast paced. Like they score a lot, a couple of times, like quick. It's like a car that just runs really good and, and it dies. You know, runs really good and it dies. You see what I'm saying? So, what, like, what is the, the? I guess I guess I'm asking is what is the problem? Why isn't it not sustained? I don't know if you can answer that question, but anyway. All right, Q, I'm going to head out. My lady's getting off work, and, you know, don't like me being on the phone. <laughs> anyway, one love. Love y'all guys. Rodzilla, thanks for the call, my man. Appreciate you, and you're right. And that's why the Raiders made the decision on Monday to move on from Peters and Teamer. Uh, they needed to move on from them after their selfish acts. Obviously, they have different circumstances, but both reliabilities to the team. And, again, when you have a guy like Max Crosby, and this is why I tweeted out what I tweeted out on Sunday morning when I heard about Roderick Teamer, when you got a guy that fought his backside off to get out there and play and you're out there driving around and you're drunk and you're arrested on suspicion of DUI and you've got a game the night before, one, you're a menace to the, the community and we all know what happened in this community in Las Vegas with the former Raider player and Henry Ruggs and I don't want to always have to go back to that, but it's still fresh. There's no doubt about that. You already know about that situation. And on top of that, you're supposed to be at the hotel, uh, you know, for curfew. You're supposed to be, uh, you know, there bonding with your brothers. And you're sure not supposed to be loaded. I mean, how are you supposed to go out there and contribute the next day if you're loaded or if you're loaded the night before? You think you're going to go out there and be at your tip-top uh, best when you're playing against the best in the Kansas City Chiefs? Most likely not. And I'm sure you've probably seen the picture floating around Twitter or floating around the Internet of Roger Teamer when he got his, uh, his mug shot. Again, that suspicion of DUI, that'll all play out in the courts, but I think it was a must that the Raiders moved on from him when they did. And also, Marcus Peters just not giving an effort. You know, again, I'll go back to Max Crosby. Crosby did everything he could just to get on the field. Peters was on the field and didn't give an effort once he was there. Right? That's a slap in the face to Crosby as well. That's a slap in the face to Jacobs as well. That's a slap in the face to Colton Miller, who's fighting his way back. Right, that's a, fa- a slap in the face to everyone on that defense that's out there fighting with, like a Meek Robinson who was in his in his feelings, man, upset, angry by that loss to the to the Chiefs. Right, you think he was happy when he looked across or looked at the film and saw Marcus Peters with lack of effort? That's exactly why they made the moves 
that they did. And as far as the offense goes, that's the $100 million question, man. The offense has been bad and inconsistent all year long. They got too much talent, too much money invested on that side of the ball to not even get 20 points more than one time in the season. They're through 12 games, and one time offensively have they gone over 20 points as against the Giants. First week under Coach Antonio Pierce. Doesn't make too much sense. But, again, that's the question I've been asking all season long. Thanks for the call. Up next, we got George from Orange County. Good afternoon, Q. I was at the game this past Sunday. Man, I was surprised and excited for the first and beginning of the second quarters as we were up by 14 points and we had shut out the Chiefs. We all thought, the, roof, the few Raider fans that were around me, as it, as it seems we were at a Chiefs home game, we were finally going to beat the Chiefs at home. But the offense started to be predictable with first to second down runs and the line couldn't block and on third down throw passes, incomplete pass. I believe that we need is strengthen the offensive line and get a true offensive coordinator as we got key players in offense, defense, and special teams. Your thoughts? Thank you, George from Orange County. And thanks for the text. And hopefully you did enjoy your time there at Allegiant Stadium at the game. It did seem like, hey, the Raiders were cooking with grease, right? They're in a good position, up 14 nothing, and then it just bogged down. And I feel like the turning point was that missed field goal by Carlson, uh, even though I know that the Raiders came back and got that long run by Josh Jacobs to put them up 14 nothing, But I still thought that that was – uh, the beginning of showing life to the Kansas City Chiefs, and you just can't do that. Uh, as far as uh, the true offensive coordinator and the offensive line, I do think that was a big mistake this past staff did, is not improve that offensive line in a major way, even though they helped lead the league in rushing, uh, helped Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing uh, in 2022. I still think that they need to be upgraded. And maybe a true offensive coordinator is the answer, right? I mean, I think Bo Hardegree still has uh, something to prove. I know that he had a couple games where he looked pretty good. But, again, just being a play caller is not easy, man. It's a, it's a science to it, right? It's not for everybody. It's not like playing Madden. So, uh, just like Antonio Pierce, just like uh, Aiden O'Connell, I think Bo Hardegree deserves the next five games to see what he can do as well. And then decisions will be made on all of those guys. There may come down a decision where it's like, yeah, uh, AP will stay on as a coach. Champ Kelly will stay on as the GM. Uh, but you got to upgrade the offensive coordinator. Maybe that's the case. Or, you know, maybe not. Maybe Antonio Pierce doesn't stick around, and maybe Hardegree. Maybe whoever comes in likes Hardegree. I mean, there's so many questions to be answered, but I think that all, all options are on the table, and that's how it should be. It really should be. there. I mean, the Raiders should not not look all over. They've got to turn over every stone. They've got to look at all the available options out there from many different areas, many different walks of life to determine who's going to be the best to fill these voids, the coaching position, the GM position, the OC position, and depending on that, maybe even more. But the Raiders owe it to themselves and their fan base to be able to make sure they exhaust all options to get the, rest pe- the right people in place. Thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, next, got a call from Raider Nation for Life 420. He's calling after being away for a while to chime in about the scrutiny that Coach Pierce is receiving from a lot of Raider Nation. Also talks about Aiden O'Connell and what he thinks about him moving forward. Here he is, Raider Nation for Life 420. Hey, what's going on? It's been a while. This is Raider Nation for Life 420. Um, I was listening to your podcast a little bit this morning on the way to work and um, reading a few comments from this weekend's game. Um, I'm not that at all. I didn't expect us to beat uh, Kansas City anyway. I didn't expect us to beat um, Miami. And uh, – but I did expect them to play hard and, and show some kind of motivation, something they never really did with Josh McDaniel. Um, I hear a lot of scrutiny about, oh, yeah, AP isn't it. AP, you know, he's a good motivator, but he's not an X and O's coach. He don't know how to adjust and 
and, and, and make adjustments in the games and things like that. Okay, you know, some of that is true, but Raider Nation has to understand, man, this guy is a linebacker's coach, man, okay? His offensive coordinator is the first time just throw just throw in the, in the mix and, and do the best you can. Third, that's not their scheme. That's not their offensive playbook. That's Josh McDaniels. That's what he wanted. So now they're adjusting on the fly. But we got a lot of Raider Nation fans or a lot of fans that's really, not, you know, really being a little too too critical, if you ask me. Uh, AOC, I, I, I like him. I don't think he's the future. I don't think he's a, a, a legit franchise, and I would really like to see where where we go from here. I, I, I really believe that AP, Champ Kelly, um, they will be good coaches. I really believe, even even if they don't win the next three, four games or the remainder of the season, I believe that this is the only coach that I've seen in the past five years that really get them sparks. But Sachi. So, you know, Raider Nation for Life 420, I got to head to work, man. Keep doing what you're doing, Q, man. Um, and, and, and let's just go ahead and ride this out, play as hard as we can play, and see where we at, you know. I'm out. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, I mean, that's the best approach, right? You got to ride it out. You got to see what it looks like when it's all said and done. I was actually on uh, my buddy uh, CK, his radio show in Fresno on uh, Tuesday, and he said, was there any point in that game where you thought that maybe the Raiders should go back to Jimmy G? And I told him, no, straight up, not at all. Did not think that that was a, a good option. I don't think that that's a good option. It's good to have him there in case of emergency. And there was a time when Aiden O'Connell went into the blue tent uh, and thought maybe, okay, maybe someone else has to go in there. But Aiden O'Connell got back out there. Jimmy G was not needed. But I, I just think that the Jimmy G experiment is over. I really do. Uh, I, I like that he's there for Aiden O'Connell. He's trying to help him be prepared each and every game. He's warming him up on the sideline, so he's not being you know standoffish like Marcus Peters was standing way off uh, down the down the sideline by himself. He's not that guy. He's an ultimate team player, so I can appreciate that. I just don't want to see him in the game. So I'm with you. Ride it out with Aiden O'Connell. Give him the next five games. I'm good with that. I've been saying that for the whole season. When Aiden O'Connell gets in there, let him get in there. So I'm sticking to that. I'm not changing my thoughts. And if he goes 0-5 down the stretch, that's okay because you'll know what you got in him. I'm, I'm fine with that. I really am. I don't like losing. I don't think anyone does. But I do want this guy to have a real fair shake on what he can do. And the, he's got five games left to prove what he can do. And the Raiders have to make a decision. GM, head coach, potential quarterback. They've got a lot of decisions they'll have to make this offseason. So thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Uh, I think I uh, got time. Let me get one more. I'll, I'll squeeze one more in. Sorry, Ari. I know it's going to go a little long. The powers that be are going to be angry. I've been trying to keep these shows at a certain amount of time so we don't get in trouble, but we'll squeeze one more text in as we close out the show today. This text is from Eric the Rockin' Raider in Phoenix. How can you deny Eric the Rockin' Raider in Phoenix for the last text, right? It's a mic drop moment. He says, hey, Q, Eric the Rockin' Raider from Phoenix. Thanks for taking some time to talk with us Sunday at the Torch pregame. It sure was magic at the game for the first quarter. A couple takeaways and what I think we should look for. The play calling is too conservative. We need to open up the playbook. More, including some more deep shots down the field. Also, the fourth and one field goal attempt was a mistake. We should have gone for it. Under AP, we now have two wins against bad teams and two losses against two of the top teams in the league. I believe the next two games should be able to tell us a lot more of what the coach and team are at this point. 
both the Vikings and Chargers are middle of the league teams who we should be able to beat, but who are not as bad as the two New York teams. If we can handle our business in those games, we should be right back in the hunt. I cannot believe so many in Raider Nation are talking about Jim Harbaugh and not giving the main man a chance. AP is a Raider coach and just needs a bigger sample size to see. Also, we may need a better OC. Anyways, thanks for all the great content. I meant it Sunday when I said you are the voice of Raider Nation Q, Eric the Rockin' Raider from Phoenix out. Thanks so much for that text. And, yeah, it was great to meet and greet with not only you but a lot of Raider Nation at the game on Sunday. It's one of my favorite parts of the job, and that's not the part of the job meeting and greeting and talking with people, but just being there and knowing that I got to be there for my job, but to be able to just meet so many members of Raider Nation that either listen to the podcast, listen to the radio show, listen to both, and let me know, like, hey, I'm in the gym working out. I wake up, me and my family, my kids listen, whatever the case may be. Hearing stories about when you're listening to the podcast, what the podcast means to you, it's great. Even if you come up and say, you know what, Q? I didn't really like your podcast. I didn't really like the people that you have on the show. I didn't like this, that, and the other. That's okay because the conversation is fine. I definitely appreciate it. As far as your text goes, uh, a lot of good stuff, right? And, yeah, I, I think that when it comes to the next couple games, yeah, the Raiders, you'll learn a lot about who they are and what they are. But, again, I don't want to close it off at that. I want to have it open the rest of the season. They got five more games guaranteed. I want to see what they are when it's all said and done, right? Their record, the way that they got to that record, who shined, who didn't, who needs upgrade, who needs to move forward with, who needs to go, right? I think we'll have so many answers. Like, I know we're, we all want the answers right now, and I'm not talking about you, but I just mean in general. You know, we live in a microwave society where it's like you got to put it in the microwave for a minute, it's done, pink, right? Like that, uh, you know, but that's not the reality of it. Let's ride this thing out, see what it looks like, and then I think we'll know. Okay, they need a new offensive coordinator. Hard degree's not getting it done. All right, they need a new head coach. AP's not getting it done. Uh, the GM needs to go. He's not getting it done. You know, you'll know that. Or, hey, you know what? I think they got something. They're onto something. They're looking good. Yeah, they, if they get this, that, and the other, they can really be an improved team. Similar to what I talked about when it comes to the Lions and what they were last year. They didn't make the playoffs, but they, they had hope. They ended the season. They said, you know what? We can do something. We can build on something. We got to go into the offseason. These are our priorities. Let's go get this, and we'll be a really good team. And, well, look at them now. You see where they're at. But thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Coming up tomorrow, got a call from Barry from Baltimore. Got a few more texts I want to get to as well. You know we'll have more news and notes of the day. No crossover edition because the Raiders aren't preparing for a, a team at all, but it'll already be Thursday, right? We're talking about the bye week. Man, the bye week's going to go by quick, fast, in a hurry. But we'll have plenty of conversation. We'll have plenty of time for calls and texts. Uh, and, and, and you know how we do. Have plenty of conversation about the team moving forward, what they need to do, what we're looking for. We'll do it all tomorrow. Uh, just like that. That's how we get down. So Raider Nation, thanks so much uh, for all the uh, support of the show. Thanks for checking us out on YouTube. Thanks for listening to us wherever you get your podcast. It's highly appreciated in a major way. And when I say I appreciate you or anyone else, I absolutely mean it from the bottom of my heart. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.